0: Hello, hello, hello. Hello, this is a test. But we do recommend this to try at home. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Hello, hustlers. hustlers. Welcome to That Freelance Life Podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in
1: London. I'm Harriet Stockwell. And I'm Brittany Beebe. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend that you try this at home. Right, so we're just going to
0: get straight into... What is this podcast about? Sorry, you may hear some sirens because we are in Britney's room,
1: <laughs> living room, living <laughs> room, living room, my bedroom. Anyway, so what? Semi-professional. <laughs> Semi-professional. So, what is this podcast about? So, really, it's just a step-by-step um, kind of podcast that's going to take you episode by episode through how to freelance in London, how to set your business up, how to get it going, how to get some work, how to basically just kill it at freelancing
0: we're also going to kind of learn through the stories of other freelancers and also experts in their respective fields so that we can kind of provide you guys with the best kind of knowledge because even though we are in the field we are by no means the most
1: professional experts at, at the field so no, we're learning and i think the other thing is we're, we're trying to create a bit of a community. You know, freelancing can be really isolating. You're not part of a team. You come in for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months if you're really lucky. Um, but you don't necessarily get the, the attention that full-time staff do. You don't get the nurturing um, or the guidance or the mentorship. So I think it's important that we seek mentors elsewhere, wherever we can find them, and maybe that's on a podcast. Exactly. So what can you expect from episodes to come?
0: Um, well, we're going to basically start this as a series basis um, podcast, <laughs> uh, which is kind of going to start from how to make the
1: decision to go freelancing to maybe how to prepare your portfolio. So, how to get it industry ready. What are people looking for when they want to see a creative portfolio? The real decision makers. And then, like, how to set yourself up as a
0: company so people actually hire you and pay you because here in London, uh, you kind of have to kind of be a limited company or an uh, umbrella company. That's one option as Soul well. Sole trader as well. Or a sole trader. So there's all these ways in which to operate as a business
1: and, and we'll cover those. It's pretty confusing, to say the least. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got to get those dollar-dollar bills, your Pound-pound-pound sterling? <laughs> Um, so other things that we're gonna talk about on this podcast um are understanding how the fuck to do your taxes. Um, that is a jumble and a half in itself. Um understanding corporation tax, do you still have to pay income tax? You do. Spoiler.
0: Um
1: yeah. you the only things in life that you can count on are death and taxes. Yes. Um, so yeah, how to do your taxes, uh finding an accountant as well that you can trust and work with um knowing your worth so how much do you charge do you work on a day rate do you work on hourly rates do you work on a project basis um chasing invoices basically just discussing the entire admin side of things and unpacking everything to do with that and then um how to network you know how do you find work how do you connect
0: with people cold 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 emailing or getting to know people through people that you know you know they do say it's all about who you know um, and strangely that is it but sometimes you also get real wins by just cold emails as well so you know looking at linkedin and events um, uh, and just kind of figuring it out um, but yeah network is really key
1: and then we're also going to be chatting to experts in every single one of these fields so i mean as harriet said earlier we are by no means the experts at any of the stuff we learn day to day there's not a week that goes by that either of us aren't learning something new about the freelance life I mean
0: to be honest we're constantly calling each other and going so how do I do this and how do I get that and how <laughs> do, do you think it? I can
1: charge this yeah. can you proofread my email <laughs> all the
0: time and it really and again that goes back to the community we want to create because it really does help
1: yeah we think it's really really important and yeah we also want to chat to other freelancers who've made a success of their careers um or who, who are in the thick of it and and busy learning as they go um and we want to know about their stories and their journeys and and how things are going for them and all to hopefully inspire you to be able to have enough courage and enough knowledge to take
0: the jump um and own your own time your money And the work that you do. Absolutely.
1: Because we love being freelance. And we honestly can't (laughs) encourage everyone enough. Although not too many of you because we don't want so much competition. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe that brings us to why we then named it that Freelance Live Podcast. Um,
0: And basically it's actually a balance between the two lives you know so often we get people say to us oh my god you're living that freelance life you know it's all about holidays and so much pay and all this wild and wonderful glitz and glam and champagne but to be honest
1: it's not always like that and on the other side of things you're living that freelance life where you're really really hustling for work you're walking around your apartment constantly refreshing your linkedin homepage. you know you're really struggling to get that next contract you're constantly hustling to try and network you're going to all the events you're exhausted you don't get the best jobs because they're always given to in-house um you know full-time staff um you don't get that training that you would or the tension that you would if you were in-house and, and permanent so you know it's it really is that balance finding that sweet spot between that freelance life or that freelance life
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna go a little bit now about who we are because you know you don't really know us and who are these voices that are trying to help you along this freelance life way um so we're just going to kind of ask each other a couple of back and forth questions um to kind of get the sense of who we are where we are and what we're about um, and then hopefully you'll enjoy carrying on this journey with us As we guide you through that freelance life. (laughs) Guided meditation. (laughs) with Harriet Stockwell. And Brittany Beebe.
1: (laughs) Cool. So I'm just going to fly off to Brittany. Um, What kind of freelancer are you? I'm a super fun freelancer. That's the spirit. So I'm a freelance art director with a graphic design background. Um, I worked in-house for most of my career so far. And then finally took the plunge and went freelance um earlier this year so i've been freelancing for about six months um what about you harriet what kind of freelancer are you
0: so i'm also like Brittany. i'm an art director um with a graphic design background we both studied actually at university together and studying graphic design and i went into the industry um straight off as an art director but it's really great because we both have our graphic design backgrounds we're kind of multifaceted so we get to do the design work um the time as well but also it gives us a great eye for looking at that detail when we are art directing
1: so how did you get to where you are now so you left uni and then what did you do so when I
0: finished uni I actually got my first job as a art director for Saatchi and Saatchi in Cape Town which was really great and big but because I had my graphic design background I often did wasn't your traditional art director I often did a lot of my own designs
1: um how about you so I mean as I mentioned earlier I've worked mostly in-house I actually started my career off as a lecturer working um in Cape Town at a tertiary institution teaching graphic design visual communication art history photography oh my god what's it like being a teacher so much work behind the scenes (laughs) yeah I can imagine yeah yeah no one knows how hard teachers work um yeah, it was, it was a lot of, lot of work. I'd love to return to it one day, but I just, I'm, I'm doing the actual design work and I'm really glad I got back into industry. Do you feel um, like you have satisfying that now? Absolutely. I feel like I, I feel like freelancing is, I've finally in the last six months probably found exactly where I'm meant to be. And I feel for the first time that I'm on track with my career and if not further ahead than I even thought I would be. What were, what were you doing before you actually then like? into freelancing so before this I had a couple I transitioned from being a lecturer into um, in-house graphic designer roles um, and then my most recent sort of permanent role was being an art director for an amazing craft beer online retailer um, which was a startup called Honest Brew based in London and I worked there for two years um, and led and grew the team um, hired freelance designers and worked with them and just basically um Learned a lot more about marketing and and working closely with marketing departments and, um, yeah, just it was incredible. It was a real sort of like absolute startup mentality. You know, they ha- they not even give. I want to say they give you a brief, but they don't. They'll just be like, we need mm. the stuff by when lunchtime. <laughs> we want to send this email out. Like, get it. I feel like agencies done? aren't any different. Either. No, no know. Totally. Um, I mean. It, Probably at an agency, at least someone has to type something. <laughs> but no, it's, it's amazing. It was an awesome opportunity. So what about you, Harriet? How did you end up in London? So
0: yeah, after Saatchi, when I started out, I then followed my creative director to his own um, agency. And I was there for about a couple for a couple of years. And then I kind of just got the itch. And I was, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of traveling in my life. But I was like, I'm ready to go again. But this time, I'm actually ready to live in like another city. Um, And you had actually moved recently and I felt like, oh, I've got all these friends that have moved and done this. Um, Also, I just wanted the experience of something international and bigger. So I decided to move here and that was two years ago, actually, this month, um, October. I mean, I moved in the May, but I traveled for five months before. Lush. Lush. And then I moved October and I did try start out trying to get a permanent position I applied to like over 100 jobs it was very 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 disheartening quite like a depressive stage in my life I wasn't really used to not having money or making money Um, I even actually stayed right in this very living room we're recording Brittany and her partner Ben put me up for for many many nights Um, Talk about full
1: circle Yeah full
0: circle exactly and here we are recording this podcast (laughs) and successful ladies I guess in London Um, but yeah I then thought about the freelancing because I was like well I'm not really successful in getting a permanent job so let me try freelance until I get a permanent job and that was two years ago uh, and I'm still going strong
1: That's amazing Yeah. and and to be honest Harriet is the one that inspired me to go freelance so without Harriet Having gone freelance, I would never ever have plucked up the courage to do it. I mean, Harriet and my partner Ben really, really encouraged me, Um, and I'm so so glad that I did. It's been amazing for my network, for the contacts that I've made, and Um, how much you've
0: grown. Absolutely, it's really incredible to watch as well. Thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) I guinea pigged, and then you flew. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, I guess why did you go freelance let's touch on that then like you know why did you
1: um I loved my job in being in-house as an art director I really really enjoyed it um and but I think I was I was ready for a change i had been there for two years it was the only job I'd had in London and I I guess I just wanted a fresh challenge I wanted to come to work every day and I, I was very comfortable in the position that I was in and I wanted that like uncomfortable feeling, I wanted that nervousness, I wanted to be um, really, really challenged and I, I definitely found that in freelancing. Every single day is different, every contract is different, You know, no two weeks are the same, no days are the same.
0: Do you feel like that nervousness and, and that feeling uh, kind of makes you bring out your best creative side? Or, you know, because sometimes when you're all working on the same brand all the time, then you kind of get
1: lazy in Mm -hmm. a sense. I think it's interesting working in-house. I think you have such an incredible perspective of who your customer is and you know them quite intimately. Um, And you become really, really comfortable with speaking to them. But at the same time, you can sort of rest on your laurels a bit and you can almost be too confident and cocky with knowing what they respond to. And so you don't take those exciting sort of chances that you would if you were coming at something with a fresh perspective. And that was my real challenge was, you know, I'd never worked in an agency before, so I'd never switched up brands. I've worked on more brands in the last six months than I have in my seven or eight years, my seven or eight year career. So, amazing, you know, that's incredible. That is madness. (laughs) So, um, what do you think is the best part about freelancing?
0: Um, I think for me, freelancing, the best part is uh, the, in in a sense control and i know some people will argue with me about that um but it's it's a kind of control of your time i am a typical aquarian very independent and i just felt whenever i was in a position i kind of had this sense of feeling of being trapped and that i couldn't say like when i could take off leave or how much i could get paid Um, and then sometimes also you're working on like the same brand like you say when you're in-house sometimes also happens in agency Um, you're working on the same project for a very long time and with freelance you have this very fluid um, you know variety and the variety is really great and also I'm a huge people person so you get to meet so many awesome different people and and that's just really great and again go back to the community um, but I think that helped me so much when I moved to London with knowing only like really Britain, Ben, uh, another friend of mine and, and a bit of family. But like I really gained new friends from just freelancing around, which was which was great. So as much as the work, creatively, variety, but also
1: the freedom. Absolutely. I could not agree. What with about you? More. you? I, I totally agree with that point that you made about um control and having having control over what you do when you do it how often you're you're working you know if if I don't get off my ass and look for work work won't just come yeah so you know and I'm grateful when the work does come and that makes me really excited about it so and and I think there's nothing better than being really in control and where all of your finances all of your tax how much you're paying for things it's like a reward in a sense you know because like often when you're in a perm position
0: and there's no disrespect to people who are in perm positions and i highly regard them as well but like you're working for somebody for somebody else to be getting the reward and making the big bucks and like the the monies and stuff and money aside whatever they 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 make the reward whereas here when you don't work you're clearly not making anything absolutely but when you do work you're in total like you're making the thing yeah um and that's be to be able to see the reward the fruits of your labor i think is a big thing yeah often as like being permanent you're expected to like work certain hours especially in our industry you don't ever get to see the fruits of that labor sometime totally um and it's just it, yeah it's just so it much can more become rewarding. disheartening
1: very very quickly yeah which I find freelancing doesn't there's something so rewarding um about packing up your desk on a Friday and leaving no trace of yourself behind I don't I, I, I say this as someone who is a notorious desk dra- like decorator yeah. there when I you work in house yeah. and I when I work permanently you can tell that it's my desk there are disco balls there are like <laughs> Listen, stationary. Glam boxes and pens there are magazines my Maybe desk is always pictures. a mess absolutely there are files of inspiration there are a million and a one things going on on my it's desk it's like a pinterest board but on a desk. it is a hundred percent and when i'm freelancing now there's literally not a single trace of me there and i absolutely love it i love that when i leave people don't just get to like it's not that they're not reminded of me, but they they don't just get to have me all the time. It's like I'm a treat to be yeah, around. It I sounds, love that it sounds silly, and it sounds sort of like um big headed, but it it's like exciting for them to have me in the office, and I you know I try my best to make it like fun to have me around. I'm always yeah. chatty, and talkative and really positive oh, so it's and about stuff. the impression you make of as course, well a hundred percent, but I really just really, really like that. I love it. It's a treat. It's yeah, a treat. It is. <laughs> yeah. I love that there's nothing left of me there when I go.
0: <laughs> so what would you say then what's the worst part about your job?
1: Um, I think uh, I would be lying if I said that the uncertainty in between contracts isn't a problem. Yeah. It's not a problem. It's just it because of who we are, I think, as people and our need for stability, I think we panic really quickly. Yeah. You'll start to panic on the last day of a contract totally. just because you know you don't have something lined up for the very next day. Um, and that's definitely something I'm trying to work on. I think I'm getting better at it in between contracts. The more downtime I have, or like the more often I have downtime, um, I'm sort of learning to just go with the flow and, and, and just chill a bit. It yeah. will come, the work will come.
0: And I think we've both been the massive supporters for each other during that time because, you know, I'm currently going through that time and I agree that's probably is my worst part. That and probably also really difficult clients that you don't sometimes get to see your work made. Absolutely. Um, especially when you've worked hard on like an idea. Often as a freelancer, you sometimes come in, work on something, leave and someone else finishes it. Um, or takes the idea you've come up with and and produces it. And sometimes that's like really disheartening. Um, But yeah, the the doubt, like when you are in those moments of lull where you don't have any work, that is, it's hard, man. (laughs) It's hard. It is hard. Um, And to remind yourself that work does always come um, and that you are valued and you are wanted and you are good at your job. Um, Because sometimes when we're in those positions, we think I'm not good enough and, I can't do this and people don't want me and you you spin your head around in a mental state um, so I totally resonate with that and I feel like a lot of listeners would also resonate with that because it's you know doubt. I'd read um, I'd listened to a Lauren Hom podcast uh, she's started this new podcast with um, Stefan Kunz um, called The Striving Artist it's really great if you want to listen to it and one of her interns had said doubt is almost like um, Goldilocks and the three bears it's like Too much is not good and too little is not good, but just the right amount actually keeps you going and keeps you on your toes and keeps you making sure your ambition and you're getting those jobs and you're on LinkedIn and you're putting yourself out there and – networking and all that I
1: yeah I I absolutely agree with that I quite like the idea of using self-doubt as a navigation tool yeah so the things that make you the most scared I always think are the things that you should absolutely gun for and go for yeah so freelancing terrified me and it has been the greatest decision I've made so far probably in my life yeah um career-wise that and being engaged to Ben (laughs) (laughs) we love Ben we love Ben um yeah, I, I honestly think that you can use, you can truly use your fear um, and your, your feeling of resistance that you get to guide you in the direction of the things that you really, really have to try. Exactly. In the words of one of my favorite
0: artists, Miley Cyrus, if something scares the shit out of you, do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess uh, just to wrap up on like getting to know us. You know, what sets your heart on fire? Britt and I talk about this all the time. It's like, we want to make work that sets our heart on fire. So what is it that sets your heart on fire so we can keep doing it?
1: Well, it's kind of scary to actually be asked that question. I, I mean, I don't think people ask that question enough. Yeah. We talk about it just sort of off the cuff all the time. Um, but now when you, you sort of come to think of it, you're like, what? what is it? You know, because you don't often think like, if I could do anything, what would that be? Yeah. Um, I don't know you do know we spoke about it the other day what was it Harriet's gonna tell me this is, no, this is really funny because we were in a group chat for a dinner party as well and someone was asking what don't you guys eat and Harriet was like oh, I'm really flexible and I had to chime in and be like you don't eat coriander you're like desperately hate coriander <laughs> like don't be quiet about that and She's i was like, like oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> coriander. and i was like oh and oranges i so, really hate oranges <laughs> yeah and also oranges a side note i used to throw my orange peels at harriet while we were Worst. studying i used to eat them and throw the peels at her um i
0: was actually on the Eurostar coming back from amsterdam this week And there was this insane smell of oranges in the carriage and someone in the carriage literally was eating like a bag of oranges and I was dying inside and incredibly this lady next to me was like, are you hating the orange smell? And I was like, yes, I can't stand it. And she was like, me neither. And I was like, one person in this world that hates the smell of oranges as much <laughs> as have I a do. You friend. I finally have a friend. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I fucking hate the smell oh, of oranges. I love it.
1: I absolutely love it. So therefore, why don't you tell me what sets my heart on fire, Harriet?
0: I think we often talk about this. And I think what sets our heart on fire is making really uh, groundbreaking work that moves people. And I guess that doesn't have to be like massive budget and win crazy awards, but something we're highly proud of that has resonates with people. And I think the reason why we actually even started this podcast, because this is something that sets our hearts on fire is to, you know, resonate with people
1: to talk to people to 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 communicate communicate. to build community absolutely
0: anyway we're going to also uh, at the beginning of each episode from here on out we'll always introduce ourselves as normal and then we'll always start with a you win some you dim sum and basically what that means is sometimes we have a really winning week and sometimes we have a really shitty week and that's when you eat dim sum to make yourself feel better (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, um, always the a a positive spin. always a
0: positive spin and so we're just going to end off this episode and thank you so much for listening this far and we're really excited and we hope that you join us for the next coming episodes to come because we'll get in depth with real expert people and I think it's going to be really fun it is it's um, going to be amazing but for now Britt, this week my darling let's do a song you win, some, you, <laughs> you
1: win some,
0: you dim some, you win some, you, you dim, dim some, you win some, you dim some, did you... you win some or did you dim some? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> do, Brett, this week, did you win some or did you dim some?
1: Um, I would say I dabbled in a bit of both. Cool. Um... I definitely won some. Yeah, you (laughs) got them. By uh, getting booked again on a contract that I'm on. So I just got extended a bit and it's going pretty well and had really good client feedback. Brilliant. Which is always a treat. Um, Always a treat. uh, Dim sum. So I may have sent an email out and instead of writing cheers, Brittany at the end wrote cheese brittany at the end because i left out the r and cheers so yeah do you know when you've got to copy check your emails to Ooh, very important people when you get too excited and you send those emails too quickly you're like cheese brittany yeah, they're like
0: imagine they replied back and they're like sure you got the wine <laughs>
1: i'll be like yeah camembert <laughs> What about you? Do you win some or dim sum? So this week has been...
0: uh, Yeah, probably also I'd say I win some and dim sum. Um, I'll start with the dim sum because we like to end on a positive. So uh, the dim sum, I'm still unemployed. I haven't got a new contract since last week, Tuesday. But I'm trying to remind myself that, again, it's okay. We always get into these lull moments and this self-doubt. But also that... Maybe the, I always complain to the universe, I need more time for all my other fun things. And here it is, it's giving me all this time. So it's great. So, on the win some part, I bought an iPad Pro. Yes. (laughs) And I'm so stoked about it. Uh, And I finally took it out of the box today and I started playing around with it. So, for me, that's a win because it's something that will hopefully help in my career in a sense, or something that I can just have a lot of fun with and make up silly drawings.
1: And Harriet's other winsome was that she ran her first half marathon and raised a shit ton of money for an amazing oh, yes. charity.
0: <laughs> I got back from Amsterdam on Tuesday and so yeah last week Sunday I ran the Amsterdam half marathon in two hours, seven minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah. So I'm feeling very proud of myself. My first ever one uh, yeah it was great for a really good cause um in South Africa with violence against women which is a huge topic at the moment um yeah got to got to do the things that set your heart on fire absolutely absolutely
1: awesome thank you so much for listening along to our first sort of introductory episode we hope it's been amazing for you to listen to and really interesting (laughs)
0: please follow us on instagram it's that freelance live podcast uh dm us uh if you have any questions if there's some topics you would like us to discuss or if you just want to say hey uh, with... please
1: give us a five star rating as well we could really do with it <laughs>
0: any kind of review really helps us push us um up on the
1: podcast lists on apple and spotify and all the other fun things so. the algorithm yeah <laughs> screw the algorithm and also we'd love to hear from you about if you're thinking of going freelance or even if you're just curious about it what your questions might be yeah drop us a we'd dm we'd love to know that freelance live podcast hashtag, hashtag.